0: And welcome to the Enlightenment Academy podcast. I'm Dr. Beverly, and we have an incredible and funny lady joining us today, April Lynn Jane. She is a designer of whimsical things, as you see her background. Her play shops, yes, music, and original creations transform. Into a more joyful and playful place. So today, she will talk about play it forward. Welcome, April. Okay. Oh. Hello. <laughs> Greetings to you, Dr.
1: Beverly. So wonderful to be here with you today.
0: Well, we look forward to finding out more about you and your positivity and your perseverance. So, tell us about your personal journey. How did you get how did I get here? <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> and
1: rather long tale. I, I I can start by saying part of it is that, um, yeah, I've always my I mean my journey is one of these things where I've I'm have this constant unfolding I feel, of of life and of discovery, self discovery and creative discovery, and. Part of how I got here is that I originally had gone to school to study communications when I was an undergraduate, but knew I wanted to study music. And, you know, after I got a a degree in communications media studies, I worked in television and in publishing and I disliked it intensely. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I was, I discovered that I was really bored and the work wasn't speaking to me. And so this was like the first time I decided to really believe in myself. And I I was laid off the Wednesday before Thanksgiving in 92 and said, you know, that's it. I'm gonna go back to school and study what I wanted to study, which is music, because I should be able to figure out something to do with something that I enjoy doing. And so I defied my parents and went back to school and studied music and it was great. It was glorious. I absolutely loved every minute I was studying music and I wound up getting scholarships, wound up getting getting a fellow, full fellowship to go to Harvard to do a PhD in musicology and research. did my research on uh, operas composed by women and discovered that I wasn't really thrilled with academia. It it was one of these things I'm like, okay, I still love music, but mm, the academy isn't working for me. So I I left that, I pursued my first entrepreneurial venture, uh, running my own opera company based on the research I'd done and did that in New York for several years ran into a lot of interesting obstacles. um, And it it wasn't quite as successful as I wanted it to be. And this is partially because I call that my decade of awfulness. In, the, <laughs> in that I was, I was, you know, building my own company working on my voice working on having an operatic career, but also dealing with my mother who was having major health issues during that decade. Yeah. It's very hard to to soar like an eagle when you are grounded in having to help someone with their health all the time. Yeah. And And um, by. I'll say by 2010, things were really not going well. I was not happy. I was underemployed. I was in New York. I'd moved back to New York and I was underemployed and just wasn't enjoying things. Well, I was a member of the Actors Work Program at the time, and that was a program that helps People in the entertainment industry find side hustles so they can keep income going. And I had gone to a job fair with a friend of mine from that organization. She had two tickets to the uh, the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland film, right? And asked me if I wanted to go. And I absolutely did not want to go. <laughs> this, this is the fun thing. I didn't want to go. I didn't. I hadn't seen a Tim Burton film really. I mean. The, at that time, I don't think I'd seen a Tim Burton film since Edward Scissorhands, which lets you know how long it was. You know, and um, I just didn't have any interest in it. And I, I was because I was really going through this period in my life where I was—I'd stopped believing in dreams and all—and I was not feeling happy about anything. But I told her I would walk her to the theater because it was, she was a member of SAG and it was at the Directors Guild Cinema, and you know, I was on the way to the subway, so I go with her you know, and we get there. She's like, well, are you sure you don't want to come in? I'm like, I'll go in to use the bathroom before I get on the subway, right? And then that happens, that's five minutes. And then it's like five minutes to, to curtain time. She's like, are you sure you don't want to stay? And I was like, well, you know, I couldn't think of a good excuse. So I was like, you know what? I called my mother, said, mom, I'm not going to be in for dinner. She's like, fine. I'm like, good. And so I went and, and sat down and saw this film and it changed everything <laughs> the moment the music came up and the images came on the screen it's like i was transfixed and and this and th- at this point in my life i knew nothing about lewis carroll like i knew very little about lewis carroll yeah. i had read one poem by him and that was jabberwocky uh-huh. back when i was in college yeah. and I knew nothing really about Alice in Wonderland, except maybe what you hear in the culture generally, but I know nothing about it. So I went into this film totally just like, oh my God. And it it just blew me away. It just it sucked me in and kept me there. And then <laughs> the most interesting thing happened to me during, it was during the mad tea party scene. And I don't know if anyone out there knows this film, but this and at this point, point in the film, Alice is coming out of the woods and she's looking in this, this long table set for a lot of people, but there are only three beings at, at the table and the hatter's at the far end. Well, he wakes up and he sees her coming and his face fills the screen, you know, at that moment, he's, he's filled and his face is filled with delight at that exact moment. I'm sitting there in the theater watching this moment, At that exact moment, his face the screen, I hear inside my head, plain as day, that's me. <laughs> and, and I'm like, me, who, what? what? And you know, no <laughs> other response just that. I was like, okay back to the film (laughs) (laughs) and you know okay so two hours later the finish the film finishes I get out and it's like I feel like there's like some low simmering flame that's been sparked back into life and from that moment it's like I had this obsession with Lewis Carroll and the Hatter and all things Alice and I was like what the heck because <laughs> I hadn't I had not had this kind of thing I went as a teenager maybe I'd had obsessions you know like I loved the Beatles when I was a teenager so I had that obsession but I hadn't had this kind of thing happen to me in a long time so but I just followed it and I read everything I could about Lewis Carroll read both Alice books and at um when the DVD for the Tim Burton film came out, I watched that film like every week. I watched it like every Saturday. I just couldn't get enough of it. And then um uh, was fast forward to a, a little over a year later. I'm on my computer looking for wallpapers, looking for stills from the film to use as wallpapers on my Mac. And I find this one that has it's it's like a poem, and it's supposedly in the Mad Hatter's voice, you know. And I look at this, and I'm like, "Oh, that might work." And then, I hear that voice again. Go, I could do better. And I'm like, "Okay, what, what? do you mean?" He, he said,
0: "I could do better." Oh, I could do better.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> Goes. Well, look, it's not even a proper form. It needs to be a sonnet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? OK, a sonnet. OK, I'm game. You know, look, I'd been because I'd i I'd been working with angels by this time and stuff. And so I, I recognize this kind of creative guidance. And I'm like, OK, I'll, I'll take you up on that, right? I go to my dictionary though, just to be sure I look up sonnet to make sure I know what, you know, remember what sonnet is because I hadn't written a lick of poetry really since <laughs> undergrad. And you know, sonnet, 14 line poem. Okay, all right, for 14 lines, sure. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll humor this. So I take out a pencil <laughs> and some paper and 15 minutes later we have, if I were not mad, what on earth would I be? It is an unlikely prospect, I'm sure you'll agree. Those voices that whisper when no one is near, their meaning is all too entirely clear. I laugh out of turn, I sing in the rain, to me this is custom, to others insane. My past is a mystery shrouded in dreams, concealed by blue starlight and moonlit by streams. My present meanders up uncommon roads. And as for my future, <laughs> who knows what it holds? <laughs> my friends, they're a mixture of whimsy and wise who come round the bend to drink tea in disguise. In a world where one plus one equals three, if I were not mad, <laughs> then, uh, who would I be? <laughs> so that was that, that, It came out exactly like this, and and the name Madison Hatter Sonneteer came with that first sonnet, and so that was twenty. That was twenty eleven. And sonnets kept flowing through me all that year, and the next year, and really, they've been coming through me ever since. And we have over two hundred of them. And uh, it, you know, this totally, totally changed my um, the creative focus of my life, shall we say?
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, it's for sure the world more humor. Some <laughs> <laughs> of us actually learned Alice in Wonderland. Looking glass and all of that at a young age. So <laughs> it's interesting to me. I didn't learn it until you were older, um, but something you kind of glossed over really quick was that you went to Harvard. I mean, deal. <laughs> mm,
1: they were lucky to have me. I like to say,
0: um... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, taught at, at a college and it can be pretty pol- So I can see why you didn't want to stick with that as a career. Yeah, it it wasn't. Well, it
1: wasn't much fun. That's that's one of the things I discovered. If I wanted to have fun, I couldn't really have it there at Harvard. I had to go down the street to the uh, conservatory down the street where I studied Baroque dance. And, you know, I kept up with my voice lessons um, outside of Harvard. I mean, really, it was tough when I was, so when I was in grad, at grad school, one of the tough things, um, yeah, was that I was typing all the time on the computer. I was stressed out about my studies and actually i started to have health problems because of because of being in graduate school (laughs) (laughs) and and it's not that i was alone because a lot of people have health problems in in these kind of high pressure environments you know there's a lot of suicides that happen at at Mm -hmm. ivy league schools and and you know these kind of pressure cooker environments and what i and this and so i was sorry i had gained weight in my first year to there um, I was not happy and, you know, stuff just, you know, and I was getting, i got gotten in my right arm from mm-hmm. typing all the time. I think, yeah. So I, I followed inner guidance because I've a you know, very strong inner guidance. Um, and I got away from the computer. I went to the conservatory down the street, studied Baroque dance I found a mime teacher, because I had studied a little bit of of mime before then, and I found someone, there was someone there in Cambridge, Massachusetts, who was, she was uh, from Bulgaria, she was teaching mime, so I started taking classes with her. I juggled, since my time in television, I had juggled. Uh, That was one of the things I'd done to keep myself engaged while I was working behind the scenes of television. I had taken up juggling. And so I became the only graduate student member on the Harvard Juggling Club's uh, roster because graduate students weren't allowed to be members of undergraduate organizations, but I I hung out with them anyway. And I kept singing, and you know, I just did everything possible to get away from the computer, to minimize my time in front of the screen, and to hang out with people who were doing fun things, because that's what I needed, and and it worked. I mean, my the tendonitis went away, I lost the weight I had gained, um, and I was way happier. <laughs> and I managed to get out of I managed to get out of Harvard with my PhD, you
0: know. <laughs> Well, that's an accomplishment in and of itself, even if you didn't end up teaching. So, how do you help people today? What is your passion with people? Well, my passion with people is
1: trying to get people to have more fun. (laughs) And it's like helping people have more fun in their lives and learn, relearn how to create their own fun, you know, because I think that too much. Too much of our fun nowadays in our modern society is spent in front of devices like this one that we're talking across. Much as they are convenient and really as much as they are able to shrink the world in this way, there's a danger that we just spend all of our time and energy with these things and not interacting in real life and not, or not taking stock of our own creativity and putting our own creativity into form, or as I like to say, creativity, T-E-A at the end, right? And so um, one of the ways I've done that is uh, through publishing some of the Madison, it's like, this is Madison's first book. It was the book of Unreasonable Rhymes. And- <laughs> Un- unreasonable rhymes, uh, Madison his book of unreasonable rhymes. There are 26 sonnets in this chapbook. And it's amazing the way Madison is able to take my biography and mix it with wonderlandish imagery and wordplay. And they are really, they're little, each one is just a miniature drama and it's all very whimsical. And they're dealing with such themes as madness time, career and family dysfunction, and that's putting the fun back into dysfunction, and the importance of drinking tea. So that's one of the ways in this, you know,
0: this is a sometimes you, you work a little bit. So if I act it's to make sure people under said tea, but it kind of got chopped. Okay, yeah, uh, you're, you're seeing those a little
1: sometimes it's a little it freezes too. So I don't, don't know oh, what uh, I can do about that because I don't have an ethernet connection. So this is, uh, this is Wi-Fi. So I think that is part of the reason.
0: Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so, the,
1: I, I, so the, the sonnets are, are, the themes of the sonnets are some themes as madness, time, career and family dysfunction, putting the fun back into dysfunction and the importance of drinking tea and this so they're they're really fun they're fun read a way to put fun back into the in the into your day but i also lead play shops and i have a vision board play shop coming up in the next month or two and this is i like to say a way to help make every day a fab just day for those who are familiar with <laughs> the Jabberwocky, they make every day a frap just day by, yeah, looking a bit more at what one wants to get out of life. I I talk about it as, you have this ideal life that you want to get to, you want to create. Like, like It's like the garden that's in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. She wants to get into that garden, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's on the other side of this door and she's always shrinking and growing and she's unable to get there directly. She doesn't know how to get there, and but that's kind of like our life. We come down here to this planet and we have this idea of where we're going to where we need to go, what we need to do, but we don't have the map, or if we have the map, it's taken away from us when we're in school because other people don't believe in the map and hide it from us or whatever. So our journey is to get back, you know, to figure out where that ideal garden is and a vision board, A play, you know, a playful vision board, a colorful and fun vision board can help you figure out some of the right somewheres to get to on your way to that beautiful garden so you can help to figure out how to get.
0: You completely froze. So go back where you said you play and then then it froze. Oh dear. (laughs) Okay. So,
1: um, so the I'll go back to saying a vision board. So this vision board play shop is about helping people create a fun and colorful map of where they think their beautiful garden is and how they want to get there. You know, and that, and we go into you know your bucket list and what are some of the milestones in your life that you want to accomplish. You put those on a vision board and you kind of, and then you figure out the other steps that you need to get to A, B, C to get to that on your way. So it's a way to have fun figuring out where you are, where you want to go and how to get there.
0: Yeah, if you don't know where you want to go, any path will get you there, right? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And you'll be all over the place. Yeah. I just have to say, favorite character is the cheshire cat <laughs> <laughs> say that
1: again yeah i mean, i lost i lost some of your sense of the oh
0: my favorite character is the cheshire cat yeah favorite is yeah <laughs> <And> <laughs> queen of hearts off with her heads off with oh, their heads
1: oh i know she's oh they're all well they're all mad there they're all they're all mad in one a different way of course mine my favorite is the hatter what can i say right you know (laughs)
0: yeah well i'm surprised you don't have a purple hat wasn't his hat purple um
1: in that film no and in that in the tim burton film no it's not purple it's actually green or or depends on depends on the lighting (laughs) yeah and uh (laughs) of course in the original book we have no idea what the hatter's hat was because it was a black and white
0: Uh, oh yeah you're right the original was black and white right the original book it's a black and white illustration yeah Yeah. well today people want to paint and that is not fun that's passive fun is when you take an act in it and it's you're you're actually being a part of your own life rather than watching someone else's life exactly. so i think bringing fun back into humanity is pretty important <laughs> so yeah you have a great message and i think that uh, everyone should be hearing this thank you um yeah. so so you're you're you really like wonderland um how how would you take that further? What else is it about Wonderland besides being fun that you think really is the impact? Mm. Well, I think that Wonderland has
1: inspired a lot of creativity, you know, since it came into the world over 150 years ago, right? And um, so, what I also love about Wonderland is that the art that it inspires and the and the products, you know, the different things, the different reactions people that people come up with. Um, for example, and I've I've got some products that I've been developing, you know, some whimsical things I like to call them, like this mug that I that I created. It's and I'll hold it up here so people can really see. It's go mad and drink tea and drink tea (laughs) go mad and drink tea why not right Uh, i love i love that that wonderland can inspire one to create different whimsical things that people can bring into their lives and have around to remind them on on a moment by moment basis hey life can be more fun. <laughs> you know.
0: Hey, snap out of it. Having a bad mood? Oh, go mad and drink tea, you know? <laughs> well, too many people, in my opinion, whatever that's worth, drink too much coffee, which is a stimulant that takes you down. Whereas when you drink tea, you just sip it slowly and it's kind of fun. And you know, sometimes you put lemon or milk or something in it, but you can drink it plain, but there's the tea. And it's, it's like which one will i have now it's like you're making choices besides some toxic hot beverage caramel or what at starbucks
1: <laughs> yeah yes yeah. This, is, this is true the, yeah the benefits of tea I and mean, you know aside from mad tea potty aside the benefits <laughs> of drinking tea um, our multitude, you know, people. You know, there's been a lot of studies about the health effects of green tea, you know, mm-hmm. especially. But you know, tea. Yeah, the whole idea of the whole way you have to prepare it, and then you mm-hmm. just if you take your time with it. That's why mm-hmm. I like the I do like the Japanese tea ceremony, right? Mm-hmm. But even. A tea party right where you get together with other people and you are supposed to sit and mm-hmm. be with one another make conversation it's it's supposed to be polite conversation but you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> but things happen uh but it's yeah it's, it's just that tea has there's much more to drinking tea you're not drinking it just to rev up your rev up your system and get up and go and do it. no it's like it's like the opposite of mm-hmm. that yeah and i i think it's so it's so civilizing in a way yeah yeah
0: yeah it's time to take a break sit down and you boil the tea you let it steep so you're yeah. waiting you're calm and then you just slowly sip it you, you don't gulp it down um which is, I think that's why the Brits use the little teeny teacups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I use a big mug. I like my tea. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's take a moment of time for yourself and enjoy a cup of tea and enjoy life and be grateful. There's a exactly. lot to be said for sitting down and having that moment, even if it's just with yourself. Exactly. Um, exactly life is not to be hurried
1: through actually we are supposed to enjoy our time on this planet yes. and so you know this I, that's why I like to think that Wonderland and the whimsical things any any of the whimsical things I'm able to bring into form are part of bringing this this awareness back to people that really life is meant to be enjoyed and we are meant to have fun here
0: yeah i i believe we either create heaven or hell on earth and that's our choice it is our choice it is our free will choice we've been given free will why don't we use that free will to create good things yes and and that's what humanity is going now as we are now saying no more wars, no more killing. We want peace, we want harmony, we want collaboration. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what humanity's heading toward, at least that's what a lot of us are heading towards. Yes. Is getting away from the stress and the <clears throat> craziness that's been going on for way too long.
1: Way too long. Yeah. So I'm
0: really glad you're bringing that joy and fun to people. <laughs> we need it
1: (laughs) well thank you and and, you know and it's my and my ulterior motive is of course that i want a creative and fun community of people around me Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like i don't want to be just having tea by myself and you know being (laughs) fun by myself it's like no it's we want to have community right that's Mm -hmm. what it's all
0: about yes absolutely yeah so how come people learn more about the work you do
1: they can go to my and madison's website so www.aprilplusmadison.com and that's april a-p-r-i-l plus p-l-u-s madison like madison avenue.com yeah and then then you can find out all about stuff that we do
0: and then you also have a free gift for our listeners we do. We have a,
1: an ebook called 10 Ways to Play It Forward. And actually, if you go to our website, that you'll come to that landing page, which has a link to that right off the bat. Or you can go to 10 ways to play it forward as all as one word dot com and you can find the same ebook. So that was
0: play it forward. 10 10 t e n ways to play it forward.com exactly and For the youtube folks it'll be posted uh down below and if you're on the audio only it's 10 O P L A Y I F O R W. D. com 10 ways to play it forward.com that's correct really awesome so do you have any final words for our audience today any final words
1: twas brillig and the slithy toes <laughs> did Kyron gimbal on the wave <laughs> all mimsy were the borogroves and the mumras outgrave just a little bit of jabberwocky there
0: oh that's jabberwocky okay
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but as I tell you, it was my favorite poem by Louis, my favorite poem from college. and it really it's like, and I just didn't know anything about him again until after the Tim Burton film. And then it totally just
0: <laughs> did you ever look it. into the life of Lewis Carroll?
1: Oh, yes. he was really? a, he was a mathematician at Oxford teacher, but also one of the most innovative photographers of his time. Why did that? Yeah wonderfully creative man Uh, and um, I think you know I just I mean the final words what do I say we need to pay more attention to yeah our connection to the divine Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
1: because one thing I mean one thing that Madison teaches me is that we connect to the divine in the stillness and we need to really have that, take that time to be with ourselves so that we can also be connected to our divine source because that's where our creativity comes from. You know, people used to ask, you know, people would ask me, you know, if like I made Madison up. It's like, I don't make up Madison. Madison comes through and it's, in the stillness and quietness that I can have in myself that allows that. And it amazes me just as much as it might amaze and amuse anyone else. It totally amazes and amuses me um, that the divine has, has chosen to really help me and help others in this way.
0: Yeah. Um, right now, after the past two years, I think you, <laughs> is my, by so many people well it is such a delight to talk to you and i'm so glad i've met you could be with us on this podcast so when i would say be the light to see in the world bye Madison. Bye. <laughs>